If you love the Black Married and Dead Free podcast, if you get any joy, if we've ever done anything for you, do us a huge favor and go and give us a five-star review on this podcast. Leave us a comment if you like, but that helps our viewership ranking. Peace. What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Married Dead Free, and you are checking out our quick cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Quick Cast, powered by the Black Married and Death Free Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, 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 y'all. Man, shout out to the greatest, man. The greatest to ever do it. The greatest producer, Jay Dilla, with the beat on the back, man. If you don't know, you you need to know. Uh, But anyway, I digress. Let's get right into it. This is Marcus, and I am one half of Black Mary Death Free. This is a podcast that I do with my wife, Shira. And we're just two regular folks that one day decided to do something different. We paid off six-figure debt. took us two and a half years to do so. This debt was pretty much the debt that many Americans have student loans, mortgage, car notes, credit cards, and we just chipped away at it. We just chipped away at it. We just chipped away at it. And one fateful day on the same day that the the last of the enslaved African-Americans in Texas were told that they were now free Juneteenth Juneteenth 2017 was the day we paid our last mortgage and we became debt free and so since then we've been doing some pretty cool stuff we've been investing in into real estate out of state we live in California and we invest in uh Greensboro, North Carolina, as well as Montgomery, Alabama. We own five properties out of state. And we also began contributing to towards retirement via our 401k and Roth IRAs and also regular brokerage accounts. And we're our trajectory is looking much brighter just by doing those few things, limiting expenses, paying down debt and investing for the future. So there's no magic pill. There's no special sauce. There's no hidden uh, material we have in a course anywhere for you. That's just what we did. And we like to talk about it. And we like to talk to other folks that have done, done similar things. So if you enjoy that kind of stuff, you're in the right place. Um, we're going to talk about something today that I think is appropriate, a couple things. Uh, but the first thing we're going to talk about today, uh, we received a, I received a message on my personal Facebook account, which happens every now and again. Uh, but the gentleman overheard one of our podcasts and had some follow-up questions. I think he actually took advantage of uh, getting our free course that is available to everyone who leaves us a five-star review if you leave us a five-star review on 
uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Deezer or Amazon, wherever you're listening. If you leave us a five star review and you email us and let us know that you did that, you can email us blackmarydebtfree at gmail.com. You will be uh, you will receive a link to our masterclass. So he has some follow up questions. And uh, I thought this would be a good opportunity to do kind of a review uh, a 101, which is very basic base level review of how to invest in the stock market, how we invest in the stock market. Let's say that. And you can take that information, do your own homework and uh, decide what you want to do. But I thought it was I thought it was cool to just kind of do a review of like the basics, because you hear people say like, oh, I'm investing in the stock market. And you're like, bro, what what does that look like? Where do I do that at? How do I do it? What are ways that I can do it? And so we're, I'm going to kind of break that down to like layman's terms, right? So me and Shire invest about 35 to 40% of our W-2 income into the stock market. Now, there are different ways you can invest in the stock market. One, the first way that we kind of max out our investment contributions, the first vehicle we use. So I'm going to use the term vehicle when talking about the ways you can invest, right? One vehicle is your 401k or any employer sponsored retirement account, 401k, 403b, um, Roth 401k, uh, 457, any of those different uh, vehicle, uh, vehicles are are great and beneficial because one, it lowers your taxable income. It, it lowers what it looks like you made for this year. They have recently increased the amount that you or they're going to be increasing the amount that you can contribute to to these accounts to twenty three thousand. So you could take twenty three thousand dollars of your W-2 income and give it to your future via your uh, employer sponsored account, like a 401k. And now it looks like you made $23,000 less when uncle Sam comes on April 15th. So that's, that's one vehicle. Another vehicle is through a Roth IRA. We like we like to do that. We like the Roth IRA model because the Roth IRA is funded funded with after tax dollars. So it's funded with your 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 net income. So that's cool because it's already been taxed. So when you go to withdraw on a 401k, you're going to be taxed later because you're not taxed in the on the front end. When you do a Roth for or when you do a for a Roth IRA which is the second vehicle I'm talking about now you're taxed on the front end because like I said, it's funded with after tax dollars, your net money, your net income. So when you go to withdraw, you will not be taxed because you were already taxed before you put the money in. So I hope that makes sense. Now, both these accounts have uh, seasonal periods, right? You cannot withdraw before this, the money seasons, for a 401k, I think, let me see, for a Roth IRA, I believe the withdrawal is 59 and a half, 59 years old. 
59 and a half years old. Let's, let me confirm that. Withdraw age. Let's see. Let's get this right. 59 and a half for a Roth. And for a regular 401. 59 and a half for both. Okay. You have to wait till you're 59 and a half to withdraw from these accounts. Right? And you have to start withdrawing before the age of 72. Okay? So, why is that important? Because if you were to withdraw before that age, you would be penalized. And you don't want to be penalized um, on those. So, boom, we got our two vehicles. Ret uh, employee or work retirement account. Let's just call, let's just say 401k. And then a Roth. IRA, with the, which is funded with after-tax after dollars. And then we have what's called just a regular brokerage account. So let's say you've, you're, you're using the first two vehicles. You've already been using those and you still have more investment that you like to do. That's when you get a regular, regular brokerage account. Okay? And you can get that through institutions like Fidelity or Vanguard or Charles Schwab. Those are the like the big three players as far as brokerage accounts. You could also do Robin Hood and all that. I mean, that's up to you. But the big three are, are probably your best bet, right? And with the brokerage account, you're in control of that. Now you can withdraw and all that, but you will be taxed on your gains cap that's where you get capital gains tax right so if you put five hundred dollars in a brokerage account you can withdraw whenever you want but if your money if you've gained money because whatever you invested in has done well that now will be taxed at a capital gains tax okay so hopefully that makes sense so now that we got all these three vehicles, you're like, all right, cool. But when I'm in the car, where do I tell the vehicle to go? Where you tell your vehicle to go is where you're going to be investing, what you're going to be investing in. So to make it simple, there's three ways or three uh, places you can invest, right? You can invest in single stocks which is be like you'll become a shareholder or, and buy shares of, of a said company. It's a company like McDonald's or Starbucks or Nike. You, you, you're buying shares into the company and you're becoming a shareholder, right? Those are called individual stocks. You can also invest in sectors of the market where pieces of businesses are pulled in what are called mutual funds. Okay. Mutual funds. So you can buy a mutual fund that has pieces of multiple businesses. So you're no longer investing in single stocks. You're investing in multiple businesses. This is great for folks that would like to be more diverse and have um, a broader range of things they're investing in. Right. So there are different types of mutual funds and Vanguard has a really great template and a really great breakdown. 
So let's figure out. So a mutual fund is a is a um, a mutual fund is a pooled collection of assets that invests in stocks, bonds and other securities. Like I said, it's pooled pieces of other businesses. Right. Uh, when you buy a mutual fund, you get a more diverse holding than you would with an individual security or an individual stock security stock. Same difference. Right. Uh, and you can enjoy the convenience of uh, automatically investing if you meet the minimum investing requirements. All right. So let's break this down, though, because there's a mutual fund. There's a type of mutual fund called an index fund. And that's what me and Shire invest in. We invest in index funds. Why? So it says, what's the difference between uh, an actual an actively managed fund, which is a mutual fund and an index fund? Well, let's check it out. Index mutual funds or index funds. And let's for the sake of this conversation, lump in ETFs, right? So we're going to we're going to talk about index funds and ETFs like they're synonymous with each other. There's a little bit of a difference, but we'll talk about that a little on a late at a later time. But it says index funds and ETFs, which are also known as exchange traded funds, aim to match the performance of a particular market. So an index fund or an ETF mirrors the activity of a, a mutual fund, right? Now, here's the thing. An index fund is not actively managed. So it's, 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 it's not managed by, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the movement of an index fund is automatic. It's automated. So, it's not being managed by a brokerage house or, or, you know, anything like that. The cool thing about that is that lowers your fees. So index funds, ETFs have much lower fees than other mutual funds that are actively managed. All right. So let's talk about the difference. Like I said, between an index fund and a mutual fund, I mean, an index fund and an ETF rather. So what's the difference between index ETFs and index mutual funds. Index ETFs offer the same low cost. Like I said, a, a normal index is cheaper. An ETF also has that functionality, which is really cool. Uh, similar to a conventional index, most ETFs try to track an index such as the S&P 500. The main differences are that ETFs provide real time pricing and lower minimum investment than an index fund because you can purchase uh, as little as one share of an ETF. So index funds usually are a share of an index fund is usually higher. So it usually has a higher minimum to purchase than an ETF. So I like to think of it like this. Single stock is a bag of Doritos. Okay. It's a bag of Doritos. That's a single stock. I really want this bag of Doritos. If you want to be a little more diverse, you would go with an ETF. An ETF is the chip aisle, 
right? So you're getting a little bit of everything. You're getting a little bit of every chip. You're getting some Doritos. You're getting some Lay's. You're getting some, uh, you know, whatever's on there, some tortilla chips, getting a little bit of everything. And an index is the entire grocery store. I'm getting a piece of the whole store. So I like to think of it like that, right? And it all, it all is about your temperament. Maybe you're a single stock person. Maybe you're a person that analyzes stocks and can pick them. Maybe you're Warren Buffett, right? Congratulations. You're the greatest investor ever and you're Warren Buffett. But for most of us, nah, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't going down like that. I need to invest in something. I need to set it and forget it, right? So for me and Shire, we invest in a total stock market index. Shout out to friends of the podcast, Aman and Christina from Our Rich Journey. They're the first ones that we've really heard talk about this and it changed the game for us and it helped us to adjust how we invested. So we invest in total stock market indexes or S&P 500 ETFs. So what these do is these are self-adjusting indexes and ETFs that track the entire sector. And let's take the S&P 500 ETF, for instance. That's the best 500 companies traded on the S&P. So when company number 500 starts underperforming, it takes that business out and puts in business number 501 in its place. So you're always going to be investing in the top 500 businesses. So that is a really cool uh, model for us. And that's one that we, we really like, and we've seen growth. You may be asking, well, how do you know, how do I know that's going to grow? But let's take a look. So over the past decade, the S&P 500 index is at about 12.3%, which is incredible. And over the 100 year history of the S&P 500, uh, it's at about 10%. So that's a good gauge about what you can expect. Now, you have to understand that you're going to have great years. You're going to have terrible years, but it's an average and so you want to keep that in mind. You might be saying, hey, man, I could pick some stuff. You know, Google has done X, Y, Z in that time frame. Well, congratulations. You put all your money in Google More power to you. I mean. It's it's all about what bag you want to be in. Do you want to be in a diverse bag or do you want to be in a bag with one business in it? And so that's something for you to consider. Hopefully I made that make sense. Um, the difference between ETFs, mutual funds, index funds, um, you know, and single stocks and the, and the vehicles that you can use to access those things. Um, so hopefully that was a decent breakdown. Yeah. Let me know if you guys got any more questions about that. Let us know. Let me know if you guys want to hear more about that piece, um, because I think a lot of times people just tell you to invest in the stock market and they don't tell you how. And you can do 
all you can use any of those vehicles from brokerage houses like uh, Vanguard, Charles Schwab and Fidelity. So and your employer may use a different brokerage house, but it's the same, pretty much the same principle of setting it up, pointing your money to a certain uh, index and just pulling the trigger. And, the, and, and, and what has what is great is the dollar cost averaging piece, which simply means to invest this uh, a little bit at the same time every month. That has really been spectacular for us. And that's where you're going to see the growth is, is in the consistency. In the consistency of contributing is when you'll see growth. You're not going to just be able to put one, put it in one time and then you walk away and it's going to be a gazillion dollars. That's not how it works. So hopefully that makes sense. I wanted to talk about this real quick, man. This is a fun one uh, before we get out of here. Um, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone in advance or for those that are listening post Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I thought this was in- interesting. Cup of soup, y'all. Y'all know cup. Y'all know cup of soup. If y'all was raised in any way like I was, you had plenty of top ramen. You had plenty of cup of soup. You probably still have it, uh, a taste for it today. You know what I'm saying? Well, Cup of Soup just dropped the news that their cups are now microwave safe. What? Yeah, you heard me right. Their cups are now microwave safe. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, yeah. That cup that you've been heating up in the microwave for decades it's just now microwave safe. What? Man, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. They've just now changed their packaging to make it more environmentally environmentally safe and microwavable and all this and that. How else have you been heating up your cup of soup? Now, I know that you're supposed to put boiling water in it and all this. And at my job uh, in the break room, they have cup soup and they have like this super hot water fountain that you could either get your cold water from. Or you can get your piping hot water from. But that thing looks very expensive. Right. And if you grew up any way like me, you you were not one. You weren't boiling water on the stove when you wanted to just get a quick cup of soup. And two, you definitely had no device that poured out boiling water. So how were you supposed to heat these noodles if not for the microwave? What? See, this is what like Santa Claus isn't real. There's no tooth fairy. Like everything I've ever known is a lie at this point. If you're telling me that you're just now making the cup of noodles microwave safe like I don't know man I want to know what you guys think about that are you still eating cup of noodles have your taste buds changed since uh, getting financially savvy and, and and getting you know 
you're moving on up now. So are you too good for cup of soup? Let me know in the comment section what you guys think. I'm going to tell you something else that um, interesting me and Shira talking food since, you know, Thanksgiving vibes and everything. So me and Shira had a, a weekend without the kids. It was cool. Uh, we have, you know, you see the little TikTok restaurant. Yo, this is a spot you never knew. And it's in your city. And we're like, OK, well, where was one we wanted to check out? And we went in there. Y'all and just let me tell y'all, man. Nice little barbecue joint. You know, what I mean, nice little uh, hippie kind of area and hippie vibe. And, you know, every city has got those little gentrified areas that, you know, it's like, OK, OK, this is a different little energy. I like this energy. Man, we went in there and. Y'all, we didn't got bougie. We didn't got bougie. You know, we go in there and Shire's looking at the seat like it ain't all the way clean you know i'm looking at it like man it ain't like super clean in here you know then we look at the menu and we like macaroni they macaroni and cheese is not gonna be slapping like that they macaroni and cheese they not baking this macaroni and cheese these ribs i don't know they don't, these are like some gentrified ribs we just real bougie and picky with it and I think we realized that after we ordered like, the, OK, let's just get a little bit of everything. And we was tasting everything and we was just critiquing it like we were some food critics, y'all. And I think what we realized is. Mentally, we've graduated from like the little niche restaurant spots and the catching a great, great tasting food at a uh, a place where you're not getting a great experience you know customer service wise we've graduated from that like in our me mentally like mentally we need to be at Nobu and Ruth Chris and all these upscale joints in our brains like like we truly have wine tastes but we still on a a water budget you know what I'm saying <laughs> And that's the one thing I realized. We realized that about ourselves. So, you know, we're going to try to see what's next uh, as far as outings, because our tastes have changed. But yet. Our desires have changed, but yet we don't want to spend that bag like that. So I just thought that was interesting. But anyway, man, I'm going to get on out of here. I hope you guys are having a, an awesome year. I truly hope that it hasn't been a terrible year for you or it hasn't been a year that's like just filled with negativity. I hope that you've been able to find some blessings in this year. And I hope for many more to come as we close out the year, we coming up on about 40 days left, I think less than 40 days left. So let's make the best of it and let's head into 2024 running full speed ahead. All right, y'all. I'm out. Peace.